This is episode 232 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dio Morales, and today we're joined by Marcel, top four but still sore, Manzano. <sighs> Will, puffy pauldrons are in. Hey, Gwit. Put them over my shoulders, make them big and brown and puffy. <laughs> what? Ryan, it's a boy, and his name is. I, I want. I'm not going to be the first one to say this name, sir. Oliver Luke Staniszewski, aka the nickname will be Ali. Woo! It's a boy. I don't need to keep it secret anymore. I'm having a son. Little baby Ali. The chosen one. <laughs> I could well. That's exciting. This is the second time you bamboozled us in the podcast, sir. The only other time is going to be when I have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, he's not here because his wife is in labor, Staniszewski. <laughs> uh, we'll just put that one to the side. Well, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. It's it's oh it's always ah oh, so exciting. All right. With 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 the uh, the warm touchy feels out of the way, uh, today. A podcast episode brought to you by our GSP patrons. If you want to be part of the larger group of supporters we have, you can go to patreon.com slash gold squadron. Right before this, I was printing out labels and slapping them on padded envelopes and starting to send them all around the world. So uh, thank you to our patrons. We're going to be in the, getting that shadow squadron swag. We have the scum squadron. We've got to come up with a cool name. You know what? Let's just do it live. What do you think? We need. I need a cool moniker for the next scum squadron so it's going to be a fang uh kimogila kirax uh what i had the list hold on i gotta gotta go check what hold on was it was it a star viper no not a star viper because the top down it just didn't didn't quite work Hold on, let me mm -hmm. just, just go go pull up my conversation so what, with the artist so uh, while you're pulling that up, uh, what are the what's the other squadrons' names? So we have Alphabet Squadron. That's kind of where it started because it was mm -hmm. the, the Rebels. Shadow Squadron was for Empire. Oh, it's it's gonna be Fang, Hawk, Kirax, M3A, Kimogila. So we need I mean, a, something squad like one word. Black bam. Sun. Black Sun Squadron. Um, mm, I, initially, I, I had in my mind Skull Squadron. But like that's real specific. Fang pilot thing, yeah. Yeah. Alphabet shadow. I mean outlaw. Outlaw squadron. That's a good uh, one. That's a good. We're gonna have. We're gonna put that on the big board for sure. I think the outlaw is definitely a good one. Autopilot squadron. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> All right. Maybe cut, Cutthroat Squadron is cool. Cutthroat Squadron is cool. I see. I see some people suggesting that one. Squadron. Ooh, Desperado. Ooh, <laughs> Desperado Squadron. <laughs> all right, cool. I, I like it. You know what? Maybe we'll use them all. We'll just use them all interchangeably because we all know what's, what's being talked about anyway. All right, so today we are breaking down the Scarif qualifier. It was our final qualifier going into the Alderaan Invitational, uh, the the end of the 
Galactic Championship Series is coming up, my friends. But we're going to take a look at that top cut. We had a top 32. Normally, we take a look at top 16. It's really going to take a... It's going to be dependent on how much time uh, we have. But it's been uh, really interesting to see what this major um, extended event after the points change and how things shook out. So um, we had uh, we had a very I'm gonna I'm gonna say a very high powered top cut, and uh, you'll see what we what we mean there. Um, my friends, should we do we want to kind of talk about the event overall first before we jump into the list? Yeah, because if we're not going backwards that means there's no end point or there might not be an end yeah. point so let's start yeah, I mean, with this is uh, true some yeah. context of faction breakdown and such all right all right cool so let's give you guys some let's give you guys some cool charts all right we'll give you guys some cool charts so i posted these on our facebook and they'll be posted on our uh, our website i just just realized right now that i didn't put it in like the most important place <laughs> All right, so oh, that's the wrong that's the wrong window. What what's happening right now? There we go. All right, so faction breakdown. You can see the winning list there as well. Um, we had thirteen separatists, seventeen republic, thirty-eight rebel list, twenty-two scum list, twenty-three imperial list, twenty-three resistance list, and twenty first order. What are you guys' thoughts on this faction breakdown? This is just looking well, at the A lot of rebels again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the separatists went... Uh, it, it looks pretty even across the board, just the, um, the outliers being separatists and and rebel. And I don't know if... Oh, to some degree, Republic, too. Republic was also sub-20. Yeah, but I mean, they're still kind of like within that margin of like plus plus two, plus three. Um, yeah. There is definitely 20. an outlier in performance, though, when you look at things like resistance. Uh, yeah, resistance and scum as well. I mean, I, I, th I think that's like the, the, the biggest swing because once you got rid of Zam or that's... That, Majorly that, increased the points, yeah. Yeah, well, once you got rid of so many people bringing Zam... Um, both separatist and scum just took a hit, both in in how many people used them, but also took a hit in how many people made the cut. Uh, what percentage of people made the cut after using them? I think scum and separatist. Separatist has always been a really high uh, percentage of making the cut. It's always been above thirty three percent, if I'm not mistaken. And sometimes even half of the people. Um, now, now they did it. Mm. No, no, they're falling behind they're the curve ahead, a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like that that rebels uh, thirty eight. 38 total people when we go back and take a peek at uh at hoth which didn't have as many people playing uh but hoth also had a very high percentage 29 um and and of course that's just that cut rate ryan go ahead and uh give me give me those cut rates oh well hold on now i gotta do math because <laughs> uh the my, my special graph that i made uh, if you're talking about percentages, I can give you. I have to do math. If I don't oh no, just so just the number. Just give me give, give me the numbers. We'll get oh, the percentage in okay, a minute. Cool, yeah. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, when you say cut rate, I immediately say percentages. I have the percentages, <laughs> Ryan. When right, okay. you say the number? So give me the we'll, number. We'll go through the, the percentage. First. All right, so there are only two. So granted, this was a top 32 cut. So there's more than the 16, obviously. We had 163 players. A lot of showing up. Two separatists in the cut, six republic in the cut, nine rebel in the cut, three scum in the cut, four imperial, two resistance, four first order. And you, if you got the numbers, we'll go ahead and get those percentages. I do, uh, courtesy of uh, James Ritter. Um, he's, he did broke all this down on uh, Sunday. Um, that makes then uh, the Galactic Republic the highest cut percentage at 35. Uh, and then the next highest notables then would be Resistance at 26 and the Rebel Alliance, even though they had, their numbers were extreme on the 38, uh, that nine of them in the cut still had a 23% cut rate. Uh, the lowest then, uh, obviously, the First Order at just a 10% cut rate, uh, which I think is... Uh, very interesting because I thought coming up into this event that the new ships, uh, the Whisper and the FO Bomber, uh, were going to be extremely popular and uh, ex extremely well flown. But alas, not the case. Yeah, so it's not also always just the fact that you have high amount of numbers in the code. You got to think of the overall taken. So those percentages can kind of sway or give another perspective to this sort of chart that we're seeing of the basic faction breakdown. So even though we do see the low number of, of Republic lists taken as 17, they're kind of taking on what Marcel mentioned, that sort of separatist thing where there's not a lot of them, but they show up and perform well. Force is good. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that only 30? Wait a second. What are you looking at? I'm double checking the numbers. Dylan, is that? Hold up. Because Rebel is only 23% cut rate. Mm -hmm. There may there may have been an, an error along the way. 20, I'm only counting 30, Dion. 30 total lists? In the cut? Are we right? missing? What are we Eight, missing? 17, 20, 24, 26, 30. Dion, I think you missed a number there. Bro, I was just I was just reading reading from James' chart. All right. James. <laughs> well, we'll so what, what are we missing? It looks like I'm missing resistance should be four. That's what Chase is saying. So that would be the two that we're missing. Four out of four out of twenty three. Here you go. The bracket. The bracket doesn't lie. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, six resistance in the cut. There you go. So Action we're missing. Breakdown image is a lie. This <laughs> false. Um, false. Unless the bracket's incorrectly labeled, then that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to be fair. Uh, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> it was local time I'm talking for James. the whole time I'm muted here. I'm saying oh. it's um, are we doing top 32 or are we doing top 32? Because because bracket did everybody that make the cut actually participate in the cut this time? Uh, mm, there was 
one person who didn't. There was just one. Okay. Because I mean, because that changes stuff, right? Uh, slightly, slightly by by one. And one pushes it yeah. all by one. Okay. Well, the numbers are close enough. <laughs> They're close enough. <laughs> They're close enough. They give you they give you a uh, a trend. They show you the trends. Basically, the worst performing in general are the ones that are five or less that made it to the cut, but twenty or more. Because you're looking at like scum that only had three versus in twenty three in the cut, twenty two taken. That's actually pretty abysmal in comparison to something like. Even the separatists, only two out of thirteen. Uh, that's still fifteen percent. So, exactly. Either way. Okay, so we are data. We are not math. <laughs> <laughs> well, first yeah. we gotta check our sources. Yeah, we we'll have to go math. back. And actually, then we have data. Yeah, today, today actually, I saw a couple other faction faction issues that need to go get fixed. So, um, just for like pricing stuff. So we're we, we're gonna go go back and and check that stuff. But uh, the lists, the, at least we know those are accurate. Okay, we can fix we can fix the diagrams later. Yeah. All right. There you go. So let's go ahead and let's uh, let's just jump right into it. Our champion. Well, there we go. We can use we can use that picture. This picture is accurate. All right, congratulations to our champion, Pierre Benetroy, bringing a Rebel list, Ahsoka Tano with concussion missile, vectored cannons, proton rockets, and vectored cannons on Jake Farrell. And then we got Dash Rendar with expert handling, Jyn Erso, perceptive co-pilot, stealth device, and the Outrider title. My man, Will, tell me about some of the gross things that this list can do. All right. So first off, as a note, everybody's a turret uh, with those vectored cannons. And um, Dash has the bow tie. Uh, we've uh, seen that. Well, Jake has the proton rocket. Ahsoka's got it out the front. Uh, so they're all kind of pseudo bow tie ships. Um, having more arcs, turns out, is good. But you know, it's better than having more arcs, having more actions. Uh, so we saw consistently Pierre utilizing Jake to activate that perceptive co-pilot Jin or so action, one action, giving you two tokens, right? And then uh, in addition to that, because Ahsoka and Dash are the same initiative, he was utilizing expert handling to be able to barrel roll dash before or after uh, his activation, putting him in extremely unpredictable locations, uh, then having essentially a fourth action to rotate or lock as well. Um, I was even counting Outrider uh, as if you remove a red token, that's kind of like a jam if you're removing a target lock on dash. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an enormous amount of actions uh, coming out of uh, dash Rendar and these uh, pilots. But uh, the, my main takeaway is that uh, watching Jake and Ahsoka flown with those vectored cannons and essentially not slowed, slowed down by them at all. Utilizing uh, the, the rear arcs to stay close to dash 
And uh, the system phase boost from Jake uh, for that uh, coordinate was super important as well. Uh, so it is just, at, at some point in time, we lost out, uh, track of what action was even taken by whom uh, during the course of the games. And it was just, man, a masterclass in uh, list synergies. Every single upgrade working together uh, to create a, a sum greater than its parts. Yeah, the the <laughs> it was pretty gross to see to see that whole combination of things. Just when you thought it was safe, you're like, "It's okay. We took away the gunner. We'll just give them to crew." <laughs> All the rebels go, "Hey, I know what we can do with that." <laughs> so uh, Pierre brought that to victory but that was not without having to fight for it versus Renato Flores uh, Marcel go ahead and take this one for me sure uh, Renato flew um, two Etta and a Ether Sprite for uh, three named uh, Jedi so it's Anakin Skywalker with Sense Predator R2A6 and Stealth Device Obi-Wan and the Etta Actus with Sense, Predator, R5, and Stealth Device. And then you have Plo Kloon with Sense, R5, and CLT, Calibrated Laser Targeting. And then uh, you top it all off with... Uh, sorry about that. Uh, you top it all off with what I, th I think we've... The best uh, ace-style piloting i've seen this year i would say um very impressed with renato not just here but also in during the xtc uh i i actually played him in one of the brazilian tournaments and uh, he beat me um just i think renato is really proving himself to be one of the uh best players in the world by far i mean he especially with the with that ac type type of list just very very consistent very creative and um again all credit in the world to pierre um you know pierre had an amazing synergy very difficult list uh renato flew his butt off <laughs> that's all i can say no like, pants republic game, like, if you were yeah, there live renato, no pants republic that's what we called him yeah yeah, yeah. he flew his <laughs> he flew his butt off yeah. all right then we're moving to nick tobin a Chicago local. Take it, Ryan. Nicholas Tobin uh, bringing the first order and an old style, normally reliable archetype in the Kylo Tavson plus thing. We have a new thing added to the mix. It's Breach in the TIE Bomber. For their loadouts, Tavson's got nothing as he normally does. Kylo's got Extreme Maneuvers, Sensor Scrambler, and Ion Torpedoes. And Breach has Fanatical, Advanced Proton Torpedoes, Electro Chaff Missiles, and Hunter Nets. Um, as a very... Uh, there's some synergistic things that can happen turn over turn, not directly in the same turns, where Kylo could Ion something, and Breach can pounce on it, utilizing the Advanced Proton Torpedoes or even set up the Connernet to eye on them for two turns in a row and have Breach fly over them and do his fancy tricks. 
Um, Tavzin, obviously, with a coordinating capability, with still that four dice gun, that could still be very dangerous if you, if you, even if he coordinates, if you shoot a Tavzin, Tavzin's going to shoot back at you with a mod. So it's very disincentivized to shoot at Tavzin in the first place with that four dice gun that can gain mods when you do damage to him. So Breach can still get a double modified attack um, from a coordinated Tavzin. Yeah, loved it. So we got a game with Nick Tobin on stream during the top eight, I believe. Was that right, Will? Was it top eight? No. uh, Yep. Yeah, top eight game. And uh, that was a close one. I suggest watching that one. That was a fun one to watch. Lots of back and forth. Uh, Yeah. Highly recommended. Now, there's this scrub, Marcel Manzano. Uh, out of the Chicago area, who also flew a dash. Obviously, not the right choices in his dash, but, you know, g- close enough. Close enough. Top <laughs> top four. Uh, Marcel, go ahead. Talk about your list. Uh, we're going to talk about it tomorrow in person, buddy. <laughs> you know, just like I told Will, watch your mouth. I'll tell you, Captain. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, so yeah, so Dash is the same Dash from last week's store championship. It's Trick Shot, Cannon, K2SO, and Outrider. Um, and, yeah, it's one less action, so definitely not the correct Dash because this only gives you Cannon is one action, K2SO is another, and then Will wants to throw Outrider as an action and then your regular action. Um, but then Cornhorn with Lone Wolf, Pattern Analyzer, Fire Control System, Proton Torpedoes, and Ryan's favorite uh, region, Astromech R2-D2. Um, and that third charge came in handy so many times. I think I used it, used all three in almost every situation except against uh, when I lost, which I didn't get a chance to use any because they just disappeared. Um, you got curb stomped, man. That no, just... I did, I did, I did. So <laughs> that, that um, you know, speaking serious, uh, just just a quick detour. Seriously about that, like random player order. That random player order um, definitely makes a big difference. Even if if you make mistakes during the game, those mistakes are are amplified by, you know, you can correct mistakes when moving second. When you when when you're moving first you make mistakes because you're trying to predict and you probably outthink yourself sometimes. Um, if, you, if you know what I mean, like you, you, you try to get a little too cute and you outthink, you know, you kind of get ahead of yourself versus just being able to, oops, I made a mistake, let me just adjust. You know, like that turn where, he's, where he had Ahsoka and then he was able to, oh, let me just adjust and then put Dash where Dash is not going to get shot and kill. So um, it, it came in... That RPO came in a lot if you're playing that initiative five. I don't know how often it came in the other ones, but I assume I five and I six it was uh it was critical every time. I I assume. But I'd like to throw this out here that uh that to me tells me anyone who makes it through most of an event and wins, if RPO is a fifty fifty most of the time, and I'd be curious if we can actually get data on what people got when in their matchups to know if someone got second player more or not, but it should indicate a better quality skill player making it all the way through because they may have to win games as first player in matchups where it's at their disadvantage as well. 
what yeah. you're saying there's mistakes are amplified and I because actually, the second player can reactively correct their decisions yeah and i actually only got to move second in a in a game that mattered once and every game felt like an uphill battle uh because of it but you know it's dash so dash is broken but other than dash being dash and throwing a lot of dice modded dice um the one that i did get to move second it i mean it just feels so much different um yeah so different anyway so that's the list so um, well let's 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 parse different though is mm -hmm. that is different actually translate to easier you're saying it feels different yeah in the okay i just i just so, want i'm being i'm being i'm being stubborn there just because i want i want i want to to take off the veil that sure. it in, in fact is easier being the second yeah, player for example like the game against eno i played then we're gonna talk about eno eno i'm not gonna say his list completely but he flew dangar and boba obviously boba's you know can go this far with a boost and being able to get range one of dash is huge versus because he knows where dash is um versus not knowing and you just park yourself and focus and then you're not getting those range one bubbles anymore with boba i mean it, it, it makes a, a huge difference every time i thought uh, unless you're Renato and you've got like a million cents. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. it, it works. It works. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. I loved it. So let, I want to talk about um, probably what I'm, what I'm going to say is the uh, – just something that you're not really talking about. I want to talk a little bit about Corn Horn. Like – that's a that's a pilot that we really haven't seen played out there. So if you're not familiar with Corn Horn ability, uh, at initiative zero, you may perform a bonus primary attack against an enemy ship in your bullseye. If you do at the start of the next planning phase, game one disarm token. Uh, were you able to get any meaningful uh, double attacks off in your games? Yeah, even against Eno, um, I was able to get three of them, even moving first. I was because they're big ships. It's De uh, Dengar and Boba. I was able to get three. And and the thing about it is, when you when you take that double sh the the second shot, you get a disarm token, so you can regen, and then you end up with two disarm tokens. But it still has the same effect. You're not shooting next turn, so it makes it a lot easier to go in and just joust someone and say, "I'm going to accept some damage to shoot twice," and then just go out and you know basically you're. By shooting twice, you're eliminating one shield because you're getting a shield back. Um, so I, I thought it was really good. It was, it was better than the than the Hera one that I flew last week. I All would right. like to because you you did specific or you did say Marcel's dash was wrong initially. I will say the dashes that have perceptive co-pilot in Jin we pretty much need to have some type of supportive ship like Hera, mm -hmm. Ahsoka, or Jake, which are all great pieces. As oh, yeah. You can have two of them in a list, as we've seen. If you don't have one of those supportive pieces and Dash needs to be more um, loner by himself, not needing, not needing the help for those actions, because if he bumps, that generous perceptive co-pilot thing doesn't matter if he doesn't have help. The Kane and Jairus K2SO combo makes a ton of sense. So in a two-ship list like this, Marcel, I think, is very correct, or at least definitely on the right track. Yeah, or if you killed Jake early or something like that, then it just... Yeah. So 
the um, the correct one has higher staying power early on, but worse late game. The wrong one, you got to survive the early stage, but it has better late game, I would say. Good assessment. All right, cool, cool. I just wanted to mention, I just wanted to mention Corin. You know, we, there's been so much uh, excitement about, um, you know, E wings that we didn't really focus too much on it. But uh, what happens when you target lock a dash with your Corin? That, that that was the one thirty a.m. doing because I've been flying dash and yeah. doing that to other people, <laughs> so so that was one thirty in the uh, waking up in the morning, Marcel brain. Uh, I, I I thought about it when he moved. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, that's that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's when I realized that oh man, Alrighter is a jam action, yeah. uh, or it can be, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty much like the... it's pretty much like a, a a poor man's false transponder codes, but it can happen every turn, but it doesn't actually jam you. It's like that dust cloud or whatever uh, Nick Tillman was flying. The uh, shaft cloud, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a shaft cloud without the penalty. Look at Breaks that. all the locks, yeah. All right, cool. I just, yeah, it was, it was a little sad. We saw it and was like, oh no, oh no. Yeah, and actually, I did that originally when I did it in the first move. I yeah. did it thinking like I'm gonna make him think that I'm targeting Dash and go after Jake because I knew Jake was the, the the cornerstone at first. Yeah. And when I made that hard tune, I was thinking of boosting and locking, um, but again, I just overthought it because and I then jake came in and, and was like what's up what you want yeah yeah block killed everything <laughs> anyway let's let's talk about uh Sven. Sven, all right we're moving on to Sven. Sven all right yeah. all right <laughs> Sven brought a re resistance list um ray ray in the yt 1300 obviously big puncher rose tico finn gunner and the rays millennium falcon do note there, uh, very common, uh, usually uh, Ray will end up having Corsella on board, not in this build because you didn't have enough points because they brought a Poe Dameron with R2 Astromech and a ZZ Talo with the uh, with Proton Rockets. So was able to bring it, even though uh, not having access to those uh, stress-relieving shenanigans, you were able to bring three high-initiative ships, and that Poe Dameron is that 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 is the trigger happy flyboy Poe if I'm not mistaken right 66 yeah. points with R2 Correct. so yep. um so yeah great great just simple lists go in and shoot stuff be modified is essentially what that is ZZ out of them all has the worst not the worst shot but I mean resistance A wings are just they're just good, and of course, if you're always worrying about that uh, that proton rocket range one to two in the bullseye, bad stuff can happen. Now, R R two astromech that is the regen droid, right? Yep, regen okay. for disarms, which makes sense. Like so often, Poe is just stressed and just needs to leave and run away. Mm -hmm. uh, so often, we see him come in, lose his shields, and then uh, scared around the rest of the battle. So R two. A very interesting choice um, for him. All right, let's keep it. Let's keep it going, Will. Let's talk about this Imperial list, the highest-rated Imperial list in the event. Uh, yes, this comes from Max. Max has brought uh, 
I'm going to start with the uh, a, a name you may not have heard of for a while. This is Lieutenant Kestel uh, in the Aggressor. That's right, a named Aggressor uh, with Ion Cannon Turret and Barrage Rockets. Uh, because Kestel can spend the Focus token to cancel all of the Defender's Blink and Eyeball results, Barrage Rocket, a natural home for the ship. Honestly, can I be frank? Kestrel has one of the best abilities. If it was on any other cha uh, chassis, it would be borderline broken. Um, but unless, if you're on a, an aggressor, it's fine. Th think about it. It cancels force, focus, calculate, yeah. evade tokens, and uh, that's it. It doesn't cancel uh, reinforced gas clouds. clouds. Yeah. Gas clouds, gas too. clouds. If I mean, they don't roll natural paint, What's even more disgusting, putting juke on it. You're like, I'll just juke it and just throw all your dice away. <laughs> if you uh, somehow got force or focus of aid. You yeah, sad, bro? I mean, that is... That is that, pretty broken. That's what yeah, I'm saying. And then, like, and then with barrage rockets, throwing three dice out of everywhere. I mean, yeah, you have to roll your your, your hits. Um, but, but, it, but it's great because you have to roll your hits uh, just naturally. But that means you get to keep your focus either to crack shot them or for defense so it works I mean, really what's, well what's better if you roll hit hit blank and you would you rather have optics to spend it for three hits or would you just like to cancel all of your opponent's dice or potentially let them evade it natively and you keep your focus for defense so well anyways and I, it's only 42 points that's yeah, that's my soapbox so for right now is that custom's ability is underrated and it could be 39 if you put dorsal turret instead it'll still yeah. work with 39 yeah uh pretty good anyways uh just just a little shout out to him uh well what makes him even better is what we're talking about what if you happen to also have a lock um, that comes from Jenden and those, uh, his ability to have them acquire beyond range three in the early rounds. That Jenden has Emperor Palpatine and ST321. Um, that's when you coordinate for a target lock. Um, and then um, probably the real ships of this list uh, is Fifth Brother with a homing missile and Seventh Sister with fire control system. Uh, where is the target priority? I guess this is my question to you guys. Where is the target priority in this list? Fifth, fifth brother. brother. I killed fifth brother first uh, because he gave him to me. Well, because I got lucky and Dash did a uh, one shot. <laughs> gave him to me. <laughs> wow. Um, that's what Dash does. But my first priority was Lieutenant Kessel because the getting rid of focuses and evades it's 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 really scary and then you getting rid of uh range three uh so you're getting rid of a range three die mm -hmm. and you're getting rid of uh with palpatine you can you he can still shoot those three dice with a soft mod palpatine and a and, lock from jenden and, and a, yeah a lock from jenden uh a focus from palpatine and then crack shot up to three different things i mean it's yeah, I think Lieutenant Kestel should be in more lists. Um, it, it was it, it it it's scary good, and for the price for the price for the price, make that caveat. It's scary good for the price. <laughs> if it's more expensive, it's it's not good. Well, you know, if we if you go ahead and uh, and type exclamation point tracker 
and uh, in the Twitch chat, you can actually go ahead and, and take a peek at, at Jendon's cost and, and watch it just slowly dwindle. I'm actually going to go go pull you it mean up. Kestel? Uh, Kestel. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Kestel. And, and to be fair, this isn't the first time we've seen Kestel. I mean, Catherine did it with uh, Kestel and Tracer missiles as well. Uh, another have a focus, shoot a missile um, ability. So. Uh, uh, just for funsies, on release, Kestel was 36 points and is currently 29. So it's gone down seven since release. That's a fifth of his cost in reduction so far. 20% mm. off? <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. 29, two for 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it going, Marcel. Let's take a look at Caspar's list. All right, so Caspar is flow or flu, uh, a rebel fours with ten num, uh, Braylon with just their S foils, Dutch with ion turret, ion torpedoes, R three astromech, and something hidden behind the card that you put up there. Um, munitions fail safe. Thank you. And then Garvin Dreis with, did I say that right? Dreis. I'm getting better at this. Um, with servo motor S foils. And it's Kanan. Oh, right. he's growing like this so weekend. I've, I've got to ask mm. why munitions fail safe and not a hopeful anywhere, especially Dutch who likes to lock. I agree. Um, hopeful. Put hopeful on your Dutch. Come on. So good. That guy's never focused. I'll give him a boost. Is that what he'll hopefuls a boost, right? Yeah. You know he can boost or focus. Yeah. He he never focuses or never boosts. Yeah. Certainly does not. Certainly can't boost <laughs> normally. <laughs> He's not a resistance Y Wing. Actually, no, you, like to be honest, that hopeful on those B wings since like I think the problem is those B-Wings get stressed so much, specifically those two. Oh, yep. yeah. yeah I mean, that might be the problem with Dutch, though, yeah, too. Yeah, it might, yeah. Dutch might be the one gunned down first. He's the most expensive one agility ship in this with the least amount of defensive mods. Well, then it would but be Garvin, also right? with, Because with... Garvin does focus things anyway. But, I mean, if you're just swapping munitions fail, say, for Hopeful, it's the same cost. Yeah, and it... I mean, realistically, I would take Hopeful on anything, including the stress ships over munitions failsafe, I think. It doesn't matter where it goes. Put it somewhere. Find a spot. That's true. Still, so, not don't want to negative all this. That's just a minor nitpick that I think is just obvious Half to a percent of this list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much Rebel Classic, right? Like, this is, this is your Rebel bread and butter. He's just B-wings just going down and just, brrr, just mowing, mowing things down. Action. Lots of double mods, yeah. All right. So, are Rebels good? Yeah, here's here's another another way. You don't just have to bring a big big turret, right, like we've seen so far. You could also bring some B-wings. All right. Keep it going, Ryan. We got Matthew Wilson with the Galactic Republic running a – Familiar archetype with a different fourth ship that we don't commonly see. We have the three Jedi Knights with Delta 7B, now at the 50-point cost and not the 49. 
with instead this time we have Plo Koon in the Delta 7 Aether Sprite with CLT and Compassion for that last point. Um, I, I mean, Compassion's a one point, not a big deal. I would probably try and throw a synced sync council on probably Plo, maybe. Um, I think Plo is, is a solid Delta 7 Aether Sprite as a potential support capability for people who forget that he has an ability. Wait, just and... one quick thing. Plo, uh, CLT takes your... Oh, it does take a mod slot, so it'd yeah. have to be on one of the knights if you want to, which the knights do lock quite often, though, too. Um, thanks for reminding me, though. But yeah, uh, Plo's ability for people who forget is a something that can catch a lot of people off guard. When you have a uh, couple of ships in front, if the Jedi Knights are sort of screening Plo, uh, Plo can utilize as at the start of engagement, you may spend a force and choose one other friendly ship at zero to two. If you do, you can transfer a green token to it or transfer an orange token from it to yourself. Mostly it's the green token to a friend. So if you do have that Jedi Knight that locked and used its force to do a reposition, might want a mod for its eyeballs, so Plo can pass it to someone. Now, is this Plo better than Shock T, who's still very viable and even better support platform, but not as offensively threatening as Plo Koon? Don't know. But we haven't seen people try Shock T in the Jedi Knights again since the auto blasters and the cannons in general were taken off of the Atus. All right, we'll keep it going. Next, we got Chris Burnett. Chris Burnett, pretty much flying, um, you know, a a variation on on what we saw at Hoth from Carson Ray with a couple of important tweaks uh, that makes it so that for most of the time, all four of these ships have three dice attacks. So we got Poe po Dameron. In the T seventy X wing, but specifically, this is the um, the Commander Poe. Okay, this is the Commander Poe, the uh, the one that allows other friendly ships to perform uh, a bonus action, uh, but that can only happen ever at the turn. We also have a Red Squadron expert with a droid that very few people uh, use or see very often. We have. R6D8. So let's go ahead and just take a quick look at R6D8. It says, while you perform an attack, you may re-roll a number of attack dice up to the number of friendly ships at range 0 to 3 that have the defender in their bullseye. So if you're able to line up a couple of bullseyes, you get some re-rolls. You're like, hey, look at me. I'm the Jess Pava now. All right. Then, hey, guess what? You also have Jessica Pava and she's rolling out with M9G8. Uh, I've been talking to the boys about M9G8 uh, a little bit and was was recently thinking like man this is a car that we haven't really seen too much of which is the the droid that says you can target lock any ship it could be friendly or enemy ship and um while that ship is attacking you can re-roll one attack die offensively what you end up doing you t because jess has re-rolls natively you target lock a friendly ship and now they have guaranteed one re-roll as long as jessica pava is alive defensively which is used less often you target lock the enemy ship and you can force them to re-roll a um a die there 
Then we have Kaz in the Fireball. Kaz with R5 Astromech. Kaz allows you to um, to essentially pump up his attack value when your uh, enemy's initiative is higher than the number of damage cards that you have. So when you have zero damage cards... When you have zero damage cards, uh, because you end up triggering that R5 Astromech, initiatives one and higher end up triggering that. And as you have more damage cards, uh, it's less and less uh, ships that it applies for. But in a high initiative meta, Kaz is throwing three dice most of the time. That also if, works on defense, too. Yeah, defense, so three agility as well. Yep. Yeah, so and watch out. with M9, so... Yeah, I was going to guess yeah. the same, Marcel. M uh, Jessica's locking Kaz because Poe, even though it's Commander Poe, every other turn, double mod. Red Squadron Expert might have double mods. Jess is definitely double modded, so it's just trying to get the fourth ship the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, super cool list. Efficiency out the wazoo it's just this is the classic uh, resistance efficiency. It, it just, they, they, they can do stuff. All right, let's let's keep it going. Will. All right. Next up, uh, this is Julian uh, Neo uh, flying. You guessed it. More rebels. Uh, this one, though, uh, super easy. Uh, this is Hera in the A wing with marksmanship, elusive, and proton rockets. Uh, Luke Skywalker with foresight for those bullseye extra attacks. Uh, proton torpedoes on R2, Astromech, and the S-foils. Uh, then Ahsoka Tano uh, with brilliant evasion, uh, and also foresight and concussion missiles. Uh, I remember looking at this, and I was like, I was like, oh, uh, an X-wing, a B-wing, and an A-wing. Interesting. And I was like, wait. That is the A-Wing version of Hera, actually. So uh, super AC there. Um, I, I have to imagine the Foresights were the, the upgrade that pushed this list over the edge, uh, being able to get those bonus attacks um, to uh, hurt and uh, like lower initiative ships that might come in for blocks um, or even be able to shoot uh, two or three times at an I-6 before it gets to fire back at you as well. Uh, that's I find that very interesting. Uh, of course, the uh, the Ahsoka and Hera combination. Ahsoka gives Hera an evade. She can link it into a boost uh, before she moves even. Uh, then she can move up and focus. Or in the case uh, that Hera is about to line up a proton rocket, you could give her target lock uh, uh, for her um, proton rocket then uh, to get a double modified attack. Uh, this is a very interesting take on Rebels right now. Um, in, a, in a meta where we thought, or questioned maybe may the rest best word of the ability for aces to perform well, especially a, a triple ace list. Uh, this one does it uh, to great success. I'm I'm sure the force and healing doesn't hurt. I'm the, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen foresight too much on Luke Skywalker in the past. I mean, it just kind of feels like it's a ship that it makes sense on because he can regenerate force so easily mm -hmm. when he's targeted. 
Yeah, he gets. A, yeah, he's got the best force economy. Mm -hmm. I would like to point out that even though it's not utilized directly in this list, uh, Ahsoka Tano is one of the few ships in the entire game that can take both foresight and sense if they want it to. So if we're talking that ability to potentially affect having options for still being a really good ship second player, but a terror potentially in tools as a first player, Soka having both tools at the same time and not being reliant on someone else to have sense to set up a foresight might be an interesting trick, albeit 11 points to commit to. Because it's foresight is four and sense is five. Or no, it's foresight six or foresight's five, sense is six. They both went up one recently. All right, let's keep it going, Marcel. All right, we got uh, Bartage Wachikiki, Wachikiki, Uh flying six rebel, not resistance, six rebel A wings. Um, so he's got. Uh, the Phoenix Squadron RZ-1 with Starward Slash, all of these with Factor Cannons, of course. Uh, green Pilot, uh, Phoenix is the Initiative 1. I think the Green green Squadrons are the Initiative 3s with Starward Slash. Uh, Derek uh, Clivian, which is the guy that gives you the target lock. He takes target locks and eventually he'll start doing fun stuff with Crack Shot. Actually, uh, you don't see Crack Shot that often anymore. Um, after we went up to three points, Arvel with starboard slash and intimidation, and then Sabine, uh, which is I think the best and underutilized A wing, the, or the best underutilized A wing that is either in the Rebel or the Resistance. Uh, Sabine Ren, while you defend or perform an attack, if the attack range is one and you are in the enemy ship's front arc, you may change one of your results to an. Uh, evade or a hit it's basically offensive and defensive it's fearless and concordia face off in one uh so good <laughs> on a three agility ship so yeah and then you throw a crack shot on top of that bad stuff but um yeah i was actually super surprised that that this did well to be honest with you i don't know how he flew him uh um, we do <laughs> yeah, Will, yes. you want to talk about it? Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, he, it. he jousted a trajectory simulator. What do you think about that, Marcel? Trajectory simulator, what? Nim. N Nim with uh, Tarani, uh, Gestero, yeah. and Unkar oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. We'll, we'll talk more <laughs> uh, about that later on, but. Uh, it worked out for him. There was a good <laughs> chance that it wasn't going to work out for him, but it, he, he happened to pull it off. <laughs> it was an exciting game to watch, put it that way. I yeah, we highly like, recommend it if you didn't get to see it. Yeah, it was like, it was like, well, we're about to enter turn three, and like, it felt like the whole game had been uh, decided. This is actually also the, uh, I mean, Starboard Slash is another thing that you don't see. I was a lot of people would have expected to see that a lot in the resistance A-wings and it never really took off. Um, but I guess when you have six of them... Yeah, you can't clear out that... You can't clear six string. Yeah. And I will say on, on vectored cannons A-wing, you could also make a case for hopeful at times as well. Even though starboard slash does have sort of the immediate fly-through, I've already rotated my arc, just do a blue maneuver, and then focus and shoot at something that's strained. 
Uh, but because you don't always do the boost and focus in the same turn, you could have used, especially with all these ships, to also utilize Hopeful to uh, swing that back arc a little bit around in those perfect information opportunities if one of your ship does, ships do die. I mean, I have to imagine, we, the, when we saw Bartosz fly it, he was really leaning into that Arvel intimidation, really wanting to make sure that he got that to work. Um, so I can imagine combining starboard slashes with the Arvel Intimidation uh, to get those two dice, uh, like rear arc guns, to actually hit um, targets. For sure. Probably wishes he had Meryl too. <laughs> oh man, Meryl and Arvel together? Oh, what Sounds a nightmare. Like fun. Um, <laughs> another big thing to point out, this is the very first list over... Of, of, of a ship count of five or higher in the entire thing we've talked about so far. This is, a, this is the sixth ship list from Bartas, uh, utilizing his skills he's, he's mastered sort of in the past of utilizing a lot of A-wings and lists, whether it is five or more. Um, but <clears throat> high ship count, uh, it's, it's ship counts three or four. You can go into potential data later, but um, this is top 16. Nothing in top eight was above four ships. Speaking of four ships, Ryan. Oh, I didn't, uh, didn't know if it was much. All right. So we have Damien Waj Wadda? Wajda? Damien. Yeah. Running the Galactic Republic. Uh, very interesting combination of ships. We have Hound in the lat with Seventh Fleet Gunner. I'm a big fan of Seventh Fleet Gunner lats. We have uh, Click. In the Nimbus class V Wing with elusive R3 Astromech, the Bash title, and seismic charges. Uh, we have Shock T with R5 Astromech. And then we have Obi Wan Kenobi in the Delta 7 with R5 and calibrated laser targeting for that really potentially big range one bullseye five die shot with Seventh Fleet, backed up by the fire convergence rerolls and the a focus added from calibrated laser targeting, which is an insanely accurate five dice shot. It's nuts. If you've ever, you've never looked at the numbers or lined up a <clears throat> CLT with a lat seventh fleet, uh, you should do it. It's very fun. I'm surprised Marcel hasn't done it yet for how much he loves five dice shots <clears throat> and Jedi at the same time. But My click is sort of an interesting piece that we don't see a lot of these days. And it's something that can actually very well help protect uh, up to two pieces of your Republic list. And all Click needs to do is slap his favorite upgrade R3 Astromech on to make sure he can lock two things. But while a ship that Click has locked at range one to three defends or performs an attack, you may spend a charge, which Click does only have one of, to prevent range bonuses from being applied. So whether you want to go Grand Inquisitor style and stop someone from getting the extra dice at range one against you, or in a not-so-Grand Inquisitor style, get rid of the range three bonus someone might have defensively when your friendly ship is attacking them. And the click doesn't even need to be in the fight at all. Just needs to be, the friendly ship needs to be locked and needs to be range one of three of click. 
Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we we got to see Damian play on stream and really see that power. We got to see that 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 magic shot you were talking about, Stanny. We got to see it a couple times. Obi-Wan just rolling up. <laughs> Seven Fleet CLT, pop, pop. Let's go. Man, You're dead. It's like, was... the most power, it's like the most powerful shotgun in this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, he had set a record for most Seventh Fleet gunners I've seen in one game. He used it every turn. Every uh, single all, turn. Every, you don't need turn. the lat to provide a single <laughs> shot in the entire game. As no, long I, as Obi-Wan gets those uh -huh. shots, he'll make up for the damage easy. Yeah, if if Hound could use it, he did use it every, every turn, which was crazy. All right, now we're going into uh, Enrico Coupe, a.k.a. Eno, bringing uh, Marcel. Marcel, I'm going to have you break this one down since you got to play against Eno. Okay, so uh, Eno brought a two-ship list, and it is Boba Fett and the... It, well, Boba Fett, and brought Lone Wolf, Seismic Charges, Rigged Cargo Chute, Stealth Device, Hull Upgrade, Marauder, and Veteran Tail Gunner, and then uh, Dengar in the Jumpmaster with Marksmanship, Proton Torpedoes, Auto Blaster, Gamut Key, Greedo, False Transponder Codes, um, and a Blade of Plating in case he lands on his own. On his own um, seismic charge. Uh, so you've got a bladed plating up there before you would suffer a damage from an obstacle or from a friendly bomb detonating. You may spend the charge. If you do, uh, you may prevent the damage. Um, Boba Fett, in this particular build, um, did I say what came after Boba uh, Marauder? It says Marauder in there. Uh, vet veteran Tail Gunner. Veteran Tail Gunner, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this Boba Fett, as long as it's keeping its distance from Dengar, uh, out of the rear, it has two rerolls automatically with Lone Wolf and um, with Lone Wolf and the Marauder title, which gives you a free reroll out of the back. And then, um, you know, obviously you get the rerolls from being at range one. Uh, I think the Veteran Tail Gunner is what, like three points, two points now, some some crazy cheap number. Two. Um, two points. So think about. Think about how good shooting twice is. And most cards that allow you to shoot twice are somewhere in the 8 to 10 point range. This is at 2. Like, why is... I don't understand why every every fire spray or every ship that can use a veteran tail gunner doesn't have it. Yes, it's not going to trigger every time. But especially on a, on a fire spray that gets 3 dice out of the front and 3 dice out of the back... Um, yeah, it's money. And then, of course, Dengar with Auto Blasters, uh, Marksmanship, and Greedo. Uh, Greedo alone is guaranteeing that as long as you're behind someone, that Auto Blaster is going to, it's go it's going to hit. It's going I mean, it's always going to guarantee a hit. And if you have the bullseye, you're always going to guarantee two criticals at least out of the back. Um, now, I don't like the false transponder codes. I think Contraband is always better on a Jumpmaster. Uh, especially these days that there's so many ways to shoot target locks from half the uh, board away. Uh, the contraband, I think, with the bad dial on the jump master, you probably get a little bit more mileage on it, but it is a really good heavy hitting two ship list. Marcel, I think the thing with Veteran Tail Gunner, I mean, 
in it's normally difficult to set up complete front and back and have two ships in there and especially in this meta right now where we're seeing four less ships being extremely predominant now it is only two points so its opportunity cost isn't as high as it used to be will we see it more maybe is it worth its value potentially it, you know it's early and hard to tell but at least before it was never taken because either they were better gunners or um uh, it just wasn't necessary and wasn't uh, it didn't come up as often and obviously before we had bids and a bid was may way more important than two points or three points spent on veteran tail yeah uh let's actually one, one more note from the previous list and this one is uh you, at this point if you are not flying dash and you have the you have the ability to because that that upgrade slot is in your slot you need to be taking seismic charges i mean that's just we're in a uh, there there's still three points so there's no reason to take thermals anymore at five over seismic charges in the current environment it's it's um i don't know what do you guys think is that is dash a big enough threat to where uh, that becomes a okay i think dash is a big enough threat to consider right now if you don't have an answer for dash you may not you may need to reconsider your list building come the big gsp event for alderaan yeah no, I mean, seismic charges are good they're i was gonna say seismic charges i think are the best bomb for their cost right now they're the they still get two charges for three points on the large obstacles that bomb radius is enormous uh, as big as dropping two thermals sometimes guaranteed damage as well um i i don't think there's a reason not to bring seismics now one of one of the strategies we could end up seeing is uh is if you guys remember this man well, this would have been 20 2018 there was a lot of death rain out there who was just trajectory simulator all right let's clear all the obstacles where are you gonna hide now all right like i i don't know what else you would build out with that death rain in order to track down dash but if 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 you were going just Darth hard Vader defender yeah i mean solid solid choice <laughs> um you know but You've if you're if you if your goal is to make dash have a bad day or at least make it so that he can't hide in the obstacles no more outrider no more trick shot um and clear it early because of how death rain's ability works to be able to launch reload launch reload um could could be a good way if you, if you set it up right. I remember one game I played specifically. I think it was against uh, Kent Whitney. He's, he's one of our locals now where he just kind of lined him up at this 45. He was just launch, stop, launch, stop, move forward, launch, stop. He cleared four, he cleared four obstacles before we even engaged. I was just like, where do I go now? <laughs> yeah, that that's... Uh, it could could be an interesting answer answer there, but yeah, I do agree with you, Marcel. Watch out, seismic charges, definitely good tech. Speaking of more dash, here's another one. Alfred Sosgornik brought a dash with trickshot outrider. False transponder codes was uh, was the call there. Notable thing here, guys. No crew 
on Dash. No crew whatsoever on Dash. Instead, brought Jan Ors with engine upgrade and Moldy Crow, so Jan Ors can uh, can you know punch her punch herself, right? She's able to bring that. Uh, uh, that moldy crow so that she has that three die gun, but uh, probably more importantly what it's used for is adding that additional attack die to dash making that four uh, five sometimes six with trick shot dice now my question is the the modifications. I mean like, essentially you're just modding with a single token, right? No, you got Hera. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, didn't finish the list. You got Hera. Yeah, well. <laughs> Hera Sendula in the B-Wing, no less. In the B-Wing. So, here's a question. B-Wing A... control system on Hera over false transponder codes. I'm just saying because Hera wants to be able to mod her own shot and yeah, then but like, toss that token over. Yeah, but Hera could also just uh, grab a lock, give it to Dash to tr to get the false transponder codes halfway through a shot. Ooh. Dirty. Uh, you could also just fly Janor's better and don't take engine upgrade. Yeah. Well, she's got to keep up with Dash. It's false transponder right? codes when you take a lock action or when you acquire a lock? Or when, you acquire a lock. when you acquire a uh, lock. When, when it was ruled that Hera, when the word transfer means the ship acquires a lock. There's no way to get a lock token without acquiring one. So there it is. Nice. Five, sometimes six dice dash Rendar there with Hera to support. So if you're facing off against this list, are you you know what? L let me let me ask you. Let let's take a, a second to talk about playing against Dash. Um, I know of course there's always game game time decisions, but if you had your choice on the target that you want to focus on first, is it like is is it go after the support first most of the time, or is it go after dash? What do you guys think? It depends on what your list is. So if you have um, if you have Kylo, and you have a way of hunting dash late, if you can kill the support and make it easier to kill him, you take it. You take that shot. If you are, you know. If, if, if you have a TIE Swarm or something like that, you're trying to, regardless of what the other things are, you're trying to, to catch Dash as fast as possible because two-die guns are not going to, they're, they're not going to kill Dash. I mean, you need sustained power. So it really depends on, on your list. And if you have other Initiative 5s, it depends on who, who won or lost the bid, I think. Um, in this one, I think you're probably going after i mean this is a tough one because um you're probably going after the support because dash without all the extra actions and all the extra modifiers is not as dangerous in um in my list you go after dash because cornhorn is a trap unless he dies in two shots uh because he's regenerating and he's usually got low wolf and stuff like that in the the winning list, you probably go after Jake first. I mean, I, I regret not shooting Jake early because Jake is what makes that one work. So I think it depends. Um, it's a terrible answer. I hate when people say it depends because it's it's like a non-answer. But I guess that was the answer because I was being I was giving specifics of in what situation. But in this particular one, 
I think you probably go after Hera because it's the easiest to kill or Janors because it I mean you're saying Janors to give Dash a fifth uh sixth die or fifth die? How about to give Hera a fourth or fifth die? I mean you could do that as well. This is very true. This is very true. All right, so there was Alfred Skornik. Let's keep the party rolling. Now, we have Alexander Oler, not to be confused with th – there's, there's two of them. There's in <laughs> This is getting out of hand. <laughs> there it now is. All right, this is not Andrew Oler, the Moncala champion. This is Alexander Oler, his brother. Take it, Will. All right. Uh, as, as a note, this is, uh, I think, our first hyperspace legal list. Um, and Alexander did very well uh, at Hoth flying this. Um, I believe it made it into the cut. But uh, this is a resistance list. It starts off uh, with Jessica Pava. Can't go wrong for 51 points, uh, 7 health, 2 agility, natural rerolls, uh, natural boost. Very, very good. Uh, then combines that with a bunch of other I3s. Uh, three of them are New Republic patrols uh, with dorsal turret and engine upgrade. Um, well, of course, you, <laughs> I, skipped, I skipped over that one, deal. <laughs> but uh, I, that's fine, though, because the other ones are generics. I just need intuitive interface um, because it's after you perform on an action added to your action bar by, in this case, a modification, uh, you can perform a calculate action. Uh, so it makes these New Republic patrols very fast, uh, utilizing white boost to keep arc uh, you, uh, uh, with that dorsal turret to engage on their terms very quickly. And then on top of that, for, let me check the exact point count, uh, one more point for this ability one more point uh, Lega costs than a New Republic ritual. Uh, Lega gets to uh, reroll an attack die for each friendly device or calculating friendly ship in the attack arc. So, because she can shoot first, uh, before all the other Y-Wings spend their calculates, she can get uh, either focus, reroll, or calculate reroll if she had to boost as well. Uh, that's super consistent for only, like I said, one more point uh, of value buy on LEGO, uh, though there's a whole list built around it. Um, these things, I uh, had a chance to play against them, and they are deceptively fast and hard to shake, if that makes sense. Um, with those 180-degree arcs, it's going to be a bad time. Plus... I think the secret sauce is its points for interesting Jessica Pava, because I think you would always rather shoot at a Y-Wing than Jess in this list. So, uh, very interesting uh, utilization of the generic uh, Y-Wings uh, here spammed in the, in the resistance. Good stuff, good stuff. And our final, our final top 16 list uh, is Alex Mogensen, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check that number. Yes. I believe that's correct. Yep. Take it, Marcel. 
Okay. Alex brought uh, Rush and the Silencer with Automated Target Priority and Proton Rockets. Breach uh, Bomber with um, Fanatical Plasma Torpedoes, which I think are a great call right now. Seven points. Uh, proximity Mines. I'm assuming it's Connor Nets behind that Breach card. Concussion uh, there Bombs. There you go. Uh, anything else behind that? There you go. Thank you. Uh, proximity mines, concussion bombs, and then Kylo Ren in the silencer with extreme maneuvers and sensor scramblers, the new card that um, that's the one that lets you cloak at the beginning, right? And then you mm -hmm. you shouldn't to be in to be in fun places. Uh, yeah, very interesting loadout. Uh, Prockets on Rush feels like uh, like a strange call, but if you have the points. Well, that's because you start the game by concussion bombing Rush, and you start the game with an initiative six. Yeah, I don't. I still don't like automated target priority on on Rush on an I six. Ah, see, that's that's where I think you're that's missing it. That's a secret though. sauce, baby. That's yeah, a secret yeah, I, sauce. I get what you're saying. Like, you, you get if you miss, you get to have a defensive token exactly uh, early on. No, I get it. I get I get what it's doing, but. It, I, I I like to shoot what I want to shoot. Cause it, well, it's I, I when we saw you, it played you, the, the math breaks. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that the math breaks down to automated targeting priority only has to save you one damage to make up for bombing yourself. But also, um, when you're I six at that point, you have a lot of control with your own boosts and barrel rolls as to what you're going to shoot still. Because it just needs to be stuff in the closest range band, so you, yeah. especially with boost, you have a lot of control on that. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So now, before before we end our top thirty-two, uh, our top sixteen, I want to take a quick dip, a quick dip into the top uh, thirty-two. I want you guys, and I, I have one ready to go. Um, Pick one list that we haven't covered that's in the top 32 that you just like to point out, all right? So um, I'm going to go dip down here to my friend Andrew Prevost bringing an imperial list that when we saw it on paper had to do a double take. Had to do a double take. So we have Sunterfell, which is not the, the surprising one. Okay, Sunterfell with Predator, classic Imperial. Um, to to see it make it to the cut, you know, is honestly surprising with the number of uh, high initiative turrets uh, that uh, that we had out there. Um, and then you had uh, Leighton Dre or, or Dre. I'm not sure how it's pronounced exactly. So if you're not familiar with Leighton, it's that's a tie brute. While a friendly ship at range zero to do, zero to two performs an attack, if you are in the defender's side arcs, one of them, the attacker may reroll one attack die. So you know you're able to to have this high runner esque ish uh, ability and. The swarm that you bring is an Alpha Squadron pilot, that is the Initiative 1 TIE Interceptor, and three Initiative 1 TIE Fighters. Like, looking at this list, this seems like a uh, Yasby Random 
like type of list besides the the Leighton Dre. It just seems like a very uh, the the combination doesn't seem intuitive until you get to see it flown. And we did get to see uh, a game uh, where where he played. Now he did lose that game, if I'm not mistaken, but you could see the precision that the uh, that the the swarm is is flown in and Sunter fell on the flank. Like it just it also it just works. It's ace mini swarm plus support, which normally you don't you know you think ace mini swarm is a, is a pretty classic archetype. Uh, but being able to have that support ship in there as well, Leighton Dre just upping the power of the mini swarm is pretty sweet. All right, Ryan, you got who who do you want to take a look at? Uh, I would like to take a look at Zach, Beatty or Betty, because it's the only droid swarm in the top cut, and I'd like to visit that. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven separatist drones, the I-3, now the same price as the I-1, all with grappling struts, through zero cost now. And then a Separatist Predator HMP with Kraken, Dark One Probe Droids, and Repulsor Stabilizers at 200 points. So into the first engagement, theoretically, every single ship will have a target lock on someone, whoever they decide to. The HMP will be able to have plenty of rerolls, albeit it's just one of them. And then Kraken says three of the ships in the whole list get to hold on to a calculate to make that network calculations more efficient and have a deeper pool at the start. It's eight ships. It's, uh, I don't know. Remember the last time we had an eight ship list in a cut makes me feel good. Um, if I don't know if this is quote the right thing or um, avenue to. Uh, discover more or try. Um, still hard for me to believe that this something like this can get through a dash with the perceptive co-pilot Jin Urso combination. It's a lot of things you have to throw at it. That's just a lot of two dice attacks. Um, and dash just flies through rocks to get rid of locks anyway with dark one probe droids, which can be pretty annoying at times. But you got the odd happenstance that a droid actually blocks dash because they have grappling struts it can also go where dash can go as well um so there might be potential there uh not a lot of people know what to do against eight ship lists uh in general they look at that and they go that's a lot of ships what do i do and uh they can a lot of times catch a lot of people by surprise by just not having the experience against it it doesn't have a lot of tools though beyond just here's a lot of ships Here's efficient tokens and ideally double modified attacks with calculate and locks. Yep. And just, you're just also hoping that you have time to get those DRK probe droid locks set up before you engage, right? Because if somebody uh, rushes you, you might not have the time to set those up. But I, I, I'd be scared if the, if somebody hook, hooks up those target locks early on and says, "Okay, come play with me." That's that seems like a bad day. <laughs> All right, Marcel, what about you? Okay, so I am going to go with uh, Luciano Bota. 
Um, Luciano is uh, from Peru, and we all know we all know about Peru already. By the way, Peru's having their Lima Open. I think we were we you attended it one time, Dion, and they're doing their their charity event. So if you haven't signed up for that, go check their page out. Uh, Luciano brought V Marati with C3PO. So it is not C3P Rose. It is V Marati. Um, v, V3PO. V3PO. There you go. Good one. You get a golf clap for that one. So uh, V Marati. Techn- so technically her name is, is Vi, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't correct me. I'll get it eventually. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, so after placing forces assigned the compromising intel condition to one enemy ship, uh, what compromised intel does is it allows you to see that ship's dial um, from range zero to three. So it is essentially like full, uh, like sense on just that one given ship. So it's better than informant. It's kind of a mix between informant and sense. Uh, but additionally, it also means that that ship cannot spend focus tokens against you on either offense or defense. So it, it makes Vimaradia against that powerful ship less less likely to get killed. It's a good ace hunter. It's good against like anything that's AC, I guess. Poe. Uh, and then he's got one, two, three, four blue squadron T-70s with BB-8 Astromech. Um, BB, BB Astromech, the, the ones that allow you to barrel, you get two charges, so you get to barrel before moving uh, as long as you revealed a blue maneuver. Um, again, you mix that together with Vimarati seeing a ship where that ship is going to be. It makes it super easy for you to put yourself where you're going to block that ship. And, um, you know, we, we, I mean, T-70s are just good. So if you have four T-70s, you're going to do all right. Vimarati has a way of staying alive a little bit. Um, C-3PO, you know, still gives it that C-3P Rose-esque type of thing and um yeah i think it's just a super simple uh basic list that works and last but certainly not least what do you want to feature here will uh let's go completely different let's uh go with uh blouse blaze blaze jay I don't know. There's, there's a thing over the Z. I don't know how to pronounce that, Dion. Yep, I got you. Bla- Blazej Mitsal is my best guess. Uh, that sounded perfect to me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is not basic and efficient. This is two decimators. Uh, this is Rear Admiral Turnow, of course, uh, rocking... Uh, upgrades he likes, which is uh, the Minister Tua uh, to get a red uh, reinforce if you're damaged. Uh, Rack, of course, loves the reinforce because he can, uh, if he's reinforcing, he gets an offensive focus to crit mod. Uh, has Darth Vader for either uh, what I've now just considered start of engagement jams uh, or damage uh, if you happen to uh, not have a token. Um, or it could just be a force point if you don't end up using it. Uh, Novice Technician, a card that recently went down in price uh, to heal some of that massive, uh, let me double check the numbers, 13 hull 
on the decimator with that hull upgrade deal. Thick. Oof. That's that's thick. Uh, you're gonna need somebody out there wrenching on the thing uh, once it starts taking crits. Uh, you have Agile Gunner, another card that recently went down on uh, large base ships, um, which is essentially a free action uh, to change your dial at the end of the turn. Uh, seismic charges, uh, which I was just ranting about how good seismic charges are, uh, and of course that hull upgrade. Then, combined with them, the other decimator is Oiken. Oiken, of course, can attack ships at range zero. Now, uh, great uh, for blocking as well. Uh, go up. Go up at low initiative, large base, get in people's way, and shoot them with a four dice attack. Um, notably, unlike Zeb, uh, you can't shoot Oiken back. Um, so it could set up some interesting things where you run into Oiken, and then you get Darth vader as well. Gonna have a bad time. Uh, this one also has Namus Technician, has that same uh, ridiculous amount of hull. Uh, a force user in Seventh Sister, uh, who I believe is the take a str uh, replace a stress. Yeah, let's read. Let's read the card together. Uh, if an enemy ship at range zero to one would gain a stress token, you may spend one force charge to have it gain one jam or tractor instead. Uh, so some someone gets cute and was like, "I'm going to focus boost into range one of Oiken." No, you just boosted, in fact. Um, let's jam that token away, and I, you might even get tractored as well. Uh, so because there's a lot of self-stressors in the game, uh, Seven Sister, uh, very, very uh, good to counter that. And if not, it is a force point for offense. And then we see the same Agile Gunner, Seismic Charges, Hull Upgrade, and then uh, Oiken has the Dauntless title. Um, so if he bumps into a ship, he can take a white action uh, as a red. Same thing, he loves just running into people. Um, if he's moving last, you just for forward and just charge at some other lower initiative ship. Notably, though, no intimidation on Oiken. Uh, so maybe not uh, uh, getting as many bumps as uh, they had originally planned, but still... A lot of hull, a lot of upgrades, a lot of modifications as well. And very interesting to see that it got that far um, in this kind of uh, meta. But um, this might be kind of segue into what we've been alluding to this whole time is that there probably wasn't very many ships shooting at those decimators. Take take it, Ryan. I think this this is this is your this was some of, some of your research. I can't take complete credit for this data. It's always been nicely supplied to me by some of my other buddies in another Discord. One of which being Chris Apple, aka Boom Owl, um, who commonly puts these together for every GSP event. This is the count sort of uh, stats that we that he has compiled. Um, and we can see a drastic high percentage within that three and four ship list count right now. 38% of the event was four ship, 31.3% being three ship. The next highest after that was five ship with only 16% 
everything else was less than 10. Two ships coming at next with 9.2, and then everything six and higher, as it's actually been even before the RPO change. X-Wing 2.5, as I've almost called it at this point. Um, very diminished. Not there. Show up sometimes. Sometimes do okay, but don't generally get past the top eight. Is so, this healthy? Is this balanced? People feel like this is a good meta. And while I do agree there is a wide variety of pilots being used and a variety of some tools available, your base archetypes... I mean, I, so it's not always that a ship count equals an archetype, but mm -hmm. does this feel balanced to you? That might be a sort of swayed question with these numbers in front of you, but obviously numbers depending on how you take them, can still be perception-based. So don't feel that this graph itself directs you to what you should answer. What is your I, feeling right now? I like it where it's at um, because you can still, you, you're still within your bounds to play uh, 6, 7, and 8, and you can definitely play that in a, in a, in a more um, league-type environment. I think 6 ships, it, it's, it's still okay. Um, where I like it for, where I like it is I, I think that four and five, uh, not so much three, but I think that actually that whole three to five range is like the, you know, three ships is, 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 is your AC, not your AC, but it's your very either two in support or three very powerful ships. Four is like your beefy, you know, mix mash and five is your, your bulky, um, I think that feels good. That feels right. That gives you a lot of variety. And then you have the outliers, which are two ship or, you know, six, seven, and eight uh, on the other end. One of the things that for me personally playing in a, again, this is talking about in competitive terms because um, in a casual game, you can play whatever you want and it's not as, you know, there's just not as much on the line. Uh, it's just fun. You know, you're just playing whatever. The... Playing in a tournament environment, playing against seven and eight ship lists, sometimes six, just feels a little bit under... It, it's not as fun for me because you get a lot less turns. And if you look at yourself, you know, you're playing, let's say, you know, three ships, which is, you know, what's the majority? Yeah, three or four ships against eight. Uh, it feels like you're... You're only playing six, seven, eight, nine turns. Depends, and there's a lot of bumping. There's a lot of messiness. I mean, For you were me, playing. Just... You were playing only nine turns with four ships on both sides, anyway. But yeah, what I'm saying is, it'll get even worse Less, when you get down yeah. to eight. It gets worse when you get down to like the seven and eights, and there's just not that many rounds being played. It's a little bit more messy. Um, it's not. And again, I know that this is a completely me search. It's not like <laughs> me search yeah. not research <laughs> exactly you know it's just my opinion it's my right. feeling but playing against playing those games that are just really messy with you know you're spending half of your time you know marking moving over marking judge is this bumping you know and getting six rounds and it, it just feels for me not as not as X-Wing, in my version. I know. I, I know, Brian, you're probably 
<laughs> like I hate it. But, Why do you say uh, your piece? Okay. But I so I, I know that this is completely my personal take on it. Uh, but I just like faster games. The dials are faster. The movements are faster and cleaner. Less bumping going around. I know that's kind of an oxymoron because I like to play ships that bump, but less uh, bumping because it's just like a big mishmash of everything. Um, and I'm really bad at at bumping too, so that's probably why I feel that way. I mean, you guys know that I, I because of the way that my hand is, I I struggle a lot to mark ships and clear ships and and i just i mean it's my hand just has a mind of its own and knocks stuff over so it's it's not fun for that <laughs> reason so but, will how do you feel uh so uh so the what you're asking is is this balanced well so does this trend again we don't have to look oh, directly. Sorry. Okay. This, is the, the, this is the numbers we have for now which is this is early sure. so this is still sure. early in the meta but this is this is a lot. It was a large event. This is these events are always driving forces in how people are going to prep and feel about how the game is right now. Mm -hmm. so how do you feel about what you're seeing being played, being successful, and maybe out of the data we've gotten so far? Well, I mean, to me, it it tracks with how the points have encouraged list. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, expensive ships get decreased in price. Uh, we've seen a lot of large bases get cheaper. Um, we've seen a lot of the mid-initiative pilots, uh, uh, that that compression uh, getting them closer and closer to the price of just a simple generic. Um, a lot of that is encouraging these four-ship um, builds. Um, and I, the increase in price of the generics, um, specifically like the M3As, the V1s, um, well, granted, they you're just basically forced to have grappling struts, but uh, vultures and uh, hyenas now as well all saw an uptick in cost, um, even uh, the Typho, uh, one of the cheaper uh, three agility ships, uh, went up in price. Uh, so that was, uh, to me, suggesting that I shouldn't fly those ships and I should look for uh, different options. And as a competitive um, observer and player, uh, I can see how a lot of people have had that same reaction to that. And I don't know if, I, I wish, Ryan, and maybe this, this is my, my question to maybe ease my own mind is if it's not V-Wings, if it's not M3As, what l ships should we be looking at for six, seven, and eight ship builds? Obviously Vultures uh, are very good at eight ship builds, um, but like what other options are there that wasn't um, priced in a way to where if it, I would just think of this old uh, uh, mantra of like, if it's not undercosted, it's it's overcosted kind of situation. Mm. Oh, so how Dash feels right now, realistically? To me, <laughs> on my perspective, <laughs> right? Dash is either undercosted or overcosted. There's a very it's it's gonna be extremely hard for how that ship plays and flies and 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 uh, what it does to a game state. 
to find that middle ground where it's like mm-hmm. we found it we found the spot dash is okay <laughs> existing at this cost it's so hard so so but he only is... throws three dice at range one that's fair yeah just get range one yeah just just get to range one through obstacles <laughs> that he can fly through that you can't lock him right. when he can go but wherever we... he wants but that's two ship builds though we don't care about that i want to know three okay fair three. enough dash 2a very good what what chassis should we be looking at to, to get more people to fly six seven eight ship lists uh, z95s so you mentioned the vultures you mentioned there's z95s mm-hmm. high fighters mm-hmm. of all types whether it is the mining guilds whether it is a regular tie fighter the problem is a lot of those ships right now suck baseline they they're suck. not good they're not good you can't make people play ships that aren't competitive i know i know i know the the title of today's episode swarms suck and then we're gonna put stanny cartoon up on, on the thumbnail let's not let's I not guess. use that word deal so, I mean, i'm sure we could find a different word yeah, yes could. there will be some people who can excel with them or find a path through a swiss that doesn't chew up their swarm because there is list matchups that matter in, when you look at an event, sometimes some people just dodge the bullet. At LSO, I dodged Bosk, who would have murdered my my seven P Jedi Knights without a doubt. But I dodged him. Some people dodge their bad ma- bad matchups. It just happens. Um, but right now, if I were to tell someone who like is coming into X Wing and they say, "I want to play a little more competitively," and I love seeing. I want to be that person who's commanding all those ships flying at the heroes, just swarming them like crazy. I don't know where I'd point them to and I make think, them be happy with with playing competitively, sadly I, enough. I think TIE, tie Swarm is really where... Uh, I don't know how many people brought it to this tournament, but... Uh, zero. Zero. But I, I do think they're legitimate because you can you can fly six of them with Verso, which basically means that you're flying seven because you're going to get a mulligan on, on one of those kills. Uh, or you can you can opt out of uh, Aiden and still fit uh, Howl Runner, the other I-5s, a couple of I-4s, and a couple like Night Beast and a generic to have seven ship. Uh, so you still have a seven ship TIE Swarm where only two of them are low initiative and the other... Uh, five are initiative four or five with Howl Runner rerolls. Uh, I, I, I happen to think the the Iden versus is, is better because you, I mean, again, I, I think his ability is just ridiculous. You know, giving a mulligan like, hey, I just rolled four hits and you blanked out and now it's zero damage. Um, I'm just not sure what and, damage that list is doing without the Howl Runner rerolls. Oh, it is. Uh, it. it... <laughs> I, I, I still have nightmares. Uh, I got tabled by it. It is, it, it's bad. Uh, Can I... I just don't think a lot of people are flying it, but it's still good. Initiative four or five. Yeah, I, yeah. I think your standard six ship tie swarm is probably still better in the in in the most com- most competitive matchups. So yeah, I think I don't know why none of them showed up in this event. It's a good question. I had to uh, give an honorable mention. Speaking of tie. I want to counter your point, Marcel, with uh, instead of flying six TIE Fighters, you could fly six Mining Guild TIE Fighters and Kath Scarlet. Uh, let's have seen uh, Vivek flying around, and that is terrifying. Not it, only do you get to. Kath gives you an extra dice for die. Ray. 
If you're touching one of the TIE Fighters. Oh, so, so basically if they block, you get They two. block you. One of the six TIE Fighters blocks you, and then she shoots a five dice attack at you, range one. Uh, I think I would take that version of the TIE Swarm over Aiden and Hellrunner every day. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that, but... Yeah, I mean, if that works, I mean, you have a punchy fire spray plus... You said five of them? Six. She six? went down. Oh. She went down to allow the sixth mining guild. Now, that is actually that's uh, a seven ship list with a fire spray. The fire spray. Wow. There you go. Tasty. That actually Six, sounds scary. Maybe? And it's so, avoiding rocks. Yeah. Oh, so, Dion, I'm yeah. surprised, and I'm not sure if maybe I missed this one day. Mm -hmm. As the watcher of X-wing, for people who've seen <laughs> what if. I am the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> I will not intervene. <laughs> what do you feel right now? So in this how everything is has sort of evolved early. Well, so the the four ship being the most popular isn't surprising. Like I feel like that is your that is the most common comfortable number of ships, right? It's like I have enough to feel like I'm flying like a group of ships they you likely have enough points to like put some upgrades but maybe not too many on there uh it's a nice manageable number it is my preferred number of ships i think if i'm if i'm flying four ships feels nice it feels like i'm like i'm doing work all right it feels like i'm doing work with those um you know w one of the things that i'm surprised with let's we'll use this chart here is you know, we had seen two ship lists. I thought there would be, even though it's on, only nine percent. We'll look at the quantified fifteen number in this in this uh, tournament. It is interesting that there were to me that there were more two ship lists than there were six, seven, and eight combined. Like that was that is a surprising number to me um, because my my mind when it comes to first edition versus second edition this is this is now going even even more more macro um you used to bring two ship lists because of points fortressing was the idea right you had one ship that was really hard to hurt and you had the other one essentially run interference and you try to win the game that way and you know seeing we saw a lot of double fire spray pop up and i thought when the separate like honestly i had not had i did not have my ion dash going into scarif personally i didn't um but we we've kind of traded one double you know two ship list for for another and one that i in my opinion could be potentially more dangerous than the double fire spray over time because if the, the question i guess i have is going into alderaan the the finale for this if we see an uptick in dash because every single time there's been a championship list there is an uptick in the event after it with people trying it out. They, hey, hey, that's good. I'm just going to try it. Why not? Net listing works because it's it's a literally a proven list, right? Um, what is the answer 
to Dash. And that is what I, I'm curious to see how that is going to inform those people who always take the meta like a step forward. It's like, okay, Dash is popular. Dash is with one. How do I answer Dash? How do I cover myself in that? In right now, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is because norm normally, normally, I would say that the um, you know the the answer would be aces, which almost happened in the final of Scarif. But you have to have the confidence that you can get through the field with aces, and those are three ship lists mostly for aces, which doesn't address the swarm, uh, the swarm idea out there at all. Um, are we going to get more over time? I don't think so. I think I think this curve that we have here is likely going to be consistent. Obviously, the next big event is Alderaan, and we have uh, you know other community events that are happening. And I'm curious. I think this trend that we see is going to stay very similar until we find that answer to Dash, and then the numbers might shake up. Seismic Charge, Initiative 6, which doesn't fix this because it's still going to be the, the ships that want to take Seismic Charge usually have some points on them. And the Initiative 6... Um, you know, we're talking about Han Solo, all of the Han Solos. So both um, the Rebel uh, Han Solo, because it's just tough to kill, and, it, and because of the regen, it, it can maintain the damage race against Han. The Resistance Han Solo, because it can basically say, I'm going to park right here, and I'm going to be range one of you uh, rolling my four against your three every turn, and I'm going to stay on your butt. Um and then you get the uh, Scum Han Solo because the Scum Han Solo is going to say, well, with my Kira, my Trick Shot, and my other stuff, I'll see your four dice and I'll raise you my four or five in return, you know? So I think those type of ships, uh, Django as well, uh, ships that can really close the, the distance and then again, seismic charges. So you can see something like, um, um, you know, like Han with a trajectory simulator, uh, Nim and so things like that or you can get like the darth vader darth vader darth vader is is fast enough and punchy enough you you talked about uh death rain for example uh and, and somebody said death rain with darth vader uh, yeah we've seen it competitively do well yeah in death, the past yeah death rain and darth vader uh, Death Rain can clear some stuff. By the time you kill Death Rain, great. Um, you kill Death Rain, but now Darth Vader's just going to chew up your 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 dash. And we, we we've seen that dash dies. I mean, it's still. I mean, it's got a lot of hull. It's got a lot of stuff, but uh, it dies. I mean, it's it, it'll you get it. even the the uh, Renato's Etta's like it, it when they get close that you get damage on it. So. So I do think there's 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 options against it that are both good against dash and good against the current field because those ships tend to do those lists tend to do well against four and five ship lists anyway. Like the Han Solo just doesn't want to see a seven or eight ships chasing it around, you know, where they where they're gonna pincer it. So so let me ask. So it sounds like the highest concern in your mind is Dash utilizing the obstacles, correct? Well, Dash utilizing the obstacles to keep people out of range one. 
because people normally in order to get to range one they have to go around the obstacle and and cut off the escape um but if you can have a clear path to get in and basically force dash to start using its its actions to barrel roll and unmod itself or you know and and every time you barrel roll you get yourself closer to a corner so i i think because I guess my point is, what do you do if you clear a lot of space and now Dash just has a lot of space and still has support ships like Ahsoka, Hera, or Jake to supply, say, the perceptive co-pilot Jin Urso, the token stacking Dash? That, like, in my mind, I feel like the token stacking variation or the variation that has, like you have, the force and calculate a lot of efficient modifications. What are you doing about that? Is it something where you should look back at false transponder codes, look at something that's good jamming effects, or maybe not, maybe it's not enough. Here, here is one of the things, uh, Will, you brought it up in our, in our GSP chat earlier today. You know, one of the original paper, scissors, rocks that was uh, talked about was you had three archetypes, basic archetypes. You had turrets, you had swarms, and you had aces. And the idea was aces hunted turrets, right? Uh, the swarms hunted uh, hunted aces, and turrets hunted swarms. So there was this you know this trifecta now my my yeah, i think you went the, the did, opposite did I, did way. I go the opposite way yeah you said what marcel said earlier uh in the chat right. but i think it goes the opposite way though fix it which, for me which one which all right we need a third party which one which one's correct i thought turrets beat aces because aces can't arc dodge turrets yeah but that's the old old we're, we're talking about 1.0 Oh, okay. So yeah, turrets, I mean, no, I'm just saying in, in one right. point, no, turrets beat aces. And now that aces can can also arc dodge turrets, and so I it's less arcs to dodge. But what that's if your turret is an ace? Yeah, well, that's that's <laughs> a la dash and Han. <laughs> right. So so and and that's that. What what the point I wanted to kind of get to is. Um, I think that, you know, any type of paper, scissors, rock right now, especially if if Dash becomes the the catalyst for change and list building and, and the thought process around what you bring in a competitive event, I think that the paper, scissors, rock becomes more muddied. I mean, Marcel, your solution to beat this large base turret was three other large base turrets. You know, like it's just it's just interesting to to see to see that. So um, yeah, right, right now, the yeah. if you're thinking the pillars as ace, let's even go four, just because I think it's worth noting. Ace turret, generally big base turret of some regard. Um, beef joust and swarm. Um. Whatever rock, paper, scissors, whatever you want to add that fourth thing, the swarm pillar is so deflated right now that it can't really contribute to whatever cycle of balance that theoretically they might be trying to achieve, if that's something that the developers or designers or people looking competitive play are going for. Well, 
that's my concern unfortunately as the person who's trying to utilize swarm play and have it be because to me so if i'm just focusing on these numbers that's abysmal like trash tier why should i ever play swarms why can't i be allowed to even play at 10 percent for all of six plus ship lists that goes up to 10 percent. people go crying and screaming why why are swarms so good why are they showing up at our event while their entire archetype is 50 percent feels bad to a guy like me <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that is the um, that's a per perfect place to close is the I think Alderaan is going to tell us if this is going to become more extreme where is it gonna where is it gonna flex at I'm really curious to see we'll have uh, a pretty good crowd we have uh, 256 spots. Right. The hope is that there's a couple people who aren't able to make it, but we're trying to we're trying to fill them. We're we're rolling them down as we go um, to to try to try to fill it up. And I really want to see having that gr big data set where this ends up at. And what one piece of data that I'd be really curious to do, and and we haven't haven't done it yet, is to kind of track some because we've had players who've played in several of these. To see, like, are players normally staying with a consistent number of ships? So, for instance, like, a, a player that comes to mind is, like, Eno, right? Almost always two ships. Almost always, right? But maybe maybe there's some more, uh, some other players that, you know, sometimes they got two, sometimes they got five, six, uh, who maybe are more... Um, you know, more diverse in their list choices and kind of seeing the success rates of those lists. Cause that, that's one thing that this chart doesn't say. Cause we did have, uh, we mentioned a six ship. We had an eight ship. Uh, we had had a couple of them in that top 32 that were six plus ships. Now a majority of them weren't for sure. Uh, but kind of seeing the performance of the performance of lists by ship count will be a curious stat to kind of check uh, over time in their cut rates and, and things like that. Do you think we might have a way in Alderaan to track? It probably is something that would have to be implemented into TTT, but if someone, when the game starts, goes in and says, that person was first player, that person was first player, maybe part of the, the results submission, just like a little checkbox is who was first player. Mm -hmm. That'd be really cool. Um... We'd have to set up some type of separate Google form. Would for uh, let me ask you this: When we look at tabletop to, mm -hmm. when you look at rounds, that's always the same, is it not? When I look at it versus when you look at it, yeah, like the the matchups are always the same. Yeah, I mean, we could just assign left as first, right as second, but I don't know if we could extrapolate from that though. We wouldn't. 
It wouldn't it would be just, in, in in a way that would that would basically just do the fifty fifty roll off anyway, as long as there isn't right. some other weird thing that TTT does that sets up what's on left and what's on right. Yeah, yeah like alphabetical or some weird right. yeah, yeah, alphabetical or, 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 that, but... or order in which you signed up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We'd have to see if that's a thing. If it's actually completely random, if you could be on the left or the right, that would be a way to do that. But I don't yeah, know how you could like quantify that later on and not just have someone go through it manually during that. I think we'd still probably have to go through it manually. It would be a lot a lot easier. It would be easier because it, because it says like win 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 lose 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 like that. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can just see. And, and yeah, of so course it doesn't right matter. Side is all yeah, wins. but the, the hard part is it doesn't matter in in more than half of the cases. Uh sure. because you're you know, you're playing I I sixes, I fives against I twos, and then at that point, it's no. Well, if the so trend you would continues, ha- we might see a lot of I fives versus other I sixes. True, but what I'm saying is, you'd have to like, in order to make it data and make it meaningful, you'd have to say, okay, these are the matches that had uh, meaningful initiative. Um, roll-offs when i say meaningful it's like usually if you have a salad you know you have a two a four and a five no like a two two three and a four and the other one has also like a five four and a two those lists are not built necessarily to to compete much on the bid so if if they they have if who wins the bid is not that big of a deal versus uh, like some of the other ones that are like five five six against a five five six type of thing. Well, you know, but we'll we'll I'll put my 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 brain to thinking about how how we're gonna do it. Probably for the sake of organization, it might be kind of like an opt in thing. Just kind of like, hey, if you want to help us track this data, which I think most players would be up for it. Uh, possibly submitting results in more than one place, kind of like. We have tabletop.to is our official, and if you want to help us kind of get some ideas around this, uh, you agree to like submit all your games also on a, on a separate kind of spreadsheet type of thing. That would be a way for us to actually be able to parse some data quickly. While it wouldn't be a complete data set, it would allow the 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 event to go and for for some of our no offense technologically maybe not as comfortable folks um you know it might be a way to maybe, do it but maybe we try and implement it only for the top cut when we have a bracket that's that is that's enough, slimmer, that's slimmer pool easier to control and mm-hmm. more direct matchups this is true all right, everybody. Well, hopefully you enjoyed our breakdown of the Scarif Galactic Championship qualifier in two weeks. November, the weekend of November 6th, we have the Battle for Alderaan, the Galactic Championship Invitational, the finale to our Galaxies series. Hopefully you tune in. If you're a player and you need to buy your ticket Please do so as soon as you can. If you are unable to participate, please contact me via Discord or email so that I can roll down the invite. And um, if you bought your ticket and it's just kind of sitting in your inbox, please complete your registration so that I can check you off my list. I'd appreciate it. As of right now, I can look at my uh, look at my thing. We have 108 invites accepted and ready to go. Uh, so that is a 42 percent 
42% of the invites are good to go, but that does mean that we have 58% of the folks that uh, that haven't responded yet. So let me know so that we can get these things rolling. We only got two weeks. This is going to come up on us real quick. So yeah, I am truly aiming for that full 256 uh cap I, I i want i want to fill it out so uh let's let's be be responsive I, i'd appreciate it all right everybody thanks for watching thanks for listening for everybody here at gold squadron be smart be safe gold squadron out